we start today's episode, just to let you know, you can now nominate for the 2025 Northern Power Women Awards. To be in with a chance of celebrating with changemakers, trailblazers and advocates on the 6th of March 2025. Nominate now at wearepower.net. Women podcast for your career and your life, no matter what business you're in. Hello, hello, and welcome, welcome, happy new year, and welcome to the We Spotlight season of the Northern Power Women podcast. I'm your host, Simone Roche, and this season I will continue to chat to some of our fantastic power list and future list from the Northern Power Women Awards, doing what we do best, which is showcasing these fantastic kick-ass role models from all across the North. Northern Power Women Awards will be announcing our shortlist in just over a week or so's time. We'll be unveiling those from across our raft of categories. And what we would love to do is we want to shout about those brilliant stories out there because highlighting the amazing impact that these individuals and organisations, teams and services are having whilst accelerating gender equality and wider inclusion from up here in the North. And people always say to us, you know, how can I get involved? Involved. You know, it's the new year. What can I do? What can I get involved with? Well, please do sign up. We've built a platform just for you to profile yourself, to get involved in our brilliant micro mentoring sessions. These are one hour sessions, which I'm just so passionate about that can change your life. You chat to a couple of mentors, two 20 minute chats. And before you know it, you're friends for life. You're inviting them to into your workplace, giving them opportunities. But that's what it's about because we know how generous this community is about. So please do sign up wearepower.net and guess what it's also free uh, we'll put a link in the show notes as well but this year we are kicking off the we spotlight season with the first of our guests from the 2022 powerless Catherine Fairclough. Catherine is the chief exec of the Liverpool City Region Combined Authority and took up post back in June 2021. Catherine is the lead advisor to the Metro Mayor and her role involves in uh, strategic engagement and close working with the City Region's six local authorities, national government, partners in business, civic institutions and the wider community. Catherine was previously at Cumbria County Council where she'd been chief exec since 2017 and prior to this at senior posts at Warrington and Wigan Council. Catherine has a proven track record in strategic change, leadership, service improvement and transformation, priding herself on building strong relationships with elected members, employees, stakeholders to deliver the best for communities and undoubtedly why you're in our power list for 2022. Catherine, welcome to the podcast. What an introduction. I know, I'm quite overwhelmed, Simone, but good morning. Great to see you. It is great to see you and it's 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 been nearly two years now since you were appointed the first ever female chief executive of the Liverpool Combined Authority. How has that been? Because, you know, there's not been much going on or change in the world, has there? Well, it's certainly been a turbulent time, hasn't it, internationally and and throughout the UK, but it's been fantastic. I have had the most fabulous welcome from all of our partners and stakeholders, and it really feels like like my job now. You know, I'm sure everyone has that experience, you know, when you switch roles, and particularly in in a senior role, all eyes are on you, that there's no hiding place. And it took a few months before I 
really felt that I had a good range and understanding of all the aspects of, of the work of the combined authority and the six local authorities and built that really good working relationship with Mayor Rotherham. But absolutely delighted that I came. It's the best job ever. I can imagine. I can imagine because the the sort of the sheer scope that that comes your way. How do you cope with all that that pressure? Because six six regions is a well, and all of the portfolio that that comes with. It is a very broad portfolio and lots of areas of activity. You know, from net zero, housing, homelessness, business engagement, innovation. I, I have a, a very active mind. You know, I love to be involved in things. I can be a bit of a butterfly landing, finding out a bit more, jumping to a new topic. So I feel really comfortable in that space where there's a lot going on. And I really make a huge effort to build strong personal relationships. So I think that helps in terms of working with six local authorities, elected members and leaders from those areas, as well as my chief executive colleagues. But it, it feels like my ideal job. You know, you get to a point in your life where you think, this is just the job for me. And how do you cope with all that extra pressure sort of aligned with the fact that this is your dream? How do you manage all that expectation as well as your own personal joy? Because you've got to really enjoy what you do as well. You do, you do. It's one of the real drivers for me. Um, I, I think um, I always have a really strong North Star, you know, real strong motivators in, in, in my life. And I've often worked and been driven by work that's around inclusion and social justice and really wanting to make a difference. So that really drives me every day. That gives me my energy. It gets me out of bed in the morning. Um, but I recognise, you know, I've been working for 32 years. You have to look after yourself in the round. You know, you, you're a, you know, I'm also a wife. I'm a stepmom. I'm a daughter, a sister, hopefully a good friend when it when it went as well. So I'm trying to, you know, provide everything in that space. And what the things that I really hold dear are about making sure I look after myself. Routine really matters to me. So getting sleep, you know, particularly in the week, eating the right things, remembering to have my breakfast in the morning you know uh, cutting out the caffeine in the daytime I'm a great advocate of herbal tea I have been for about 20 years it really keeps me well getting as much exercise as I can and I'm no gym bunny but you know I do enjoy my couch to 5k walking getting fresh air and just also being quite reflective I've trained as a coach um, about 10 12 years ago and that's really helped me self-coach as well as support others and I think all of those different dimensions remembering you're really important in all of this as well as delivering you know for your you know for the organization you work for and for your family and and I think at this time of year that self-care message is a really important one because we can be hard on ourselves can't we in January we've we've eaten we've you know we've spent too much money but actually, looking after yourself is hugely important. I think, and we always have this adage here about, you know, you've got to check in on the checkers. You know, you think those people in in, in, in positions of power and influence have got it all. And, and you know, but actually for me, it's really important to, to check in. And, you know, this this year, as we, we step into 2023, we're, we're very much focusing as we showcase, we want and, and spotlight, we want to also focus on how, how do you be you? You often step into this, into this new year with all the things that you're going to give up and and not do and you know rectify all the mistakes and all this kind of thing and I, I I've never been one for New Year's resolutions I've always been a good good one for Lent I don't know why but I've always been very good for that, 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 that 40 days you know but a couple of years ago we did a whole campaign about what do you want to take up as opposed to what you want to give up but this year we're we're very much focusing on being you and I think it's it's great that you talk about that well-being. We talked in the in the in the run-up to this 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 um, podcast today about you know menopause. You know, keeping that conversation going, and you know, I'm hopefully 
by the time we air this, I will, will have retained my uh, my my giving up coffee, you know, just to sort of, you know, it's just changing, isn't it? I think sometimes it's just like you say, that self-reflection um, is really key. And what, what, be, what one piece of advice you would give to somebody now who's wrestling with that, oh gosh, I need to change everything. You know, what's that piece of advice that you can still be you, but by almost kind of, you know, making sure that you come into this new year with a new sort of vigor, I suppose. Sure. I think one of the things that, that I find really helpful is asking myself the question, what keeps me feeling balanced and helps me perform well, be a high performing person in my both personal and professional life. And I'm a great one for mind maps. I have one here, (laughs) Simone. I have stuck on my cabinet that I did in January. So I'm not a resolutions kind of person, but it's like, what's important for my well-being? What's important professionally? What are the things I want to achieve this year? What are the things I want to do at home? You know, do I want to do that? you know, do I want to sort out the back garden or am I ever going to paint the whole stairs and landing, you know, and just try and find, you know, what are the things that give me pleasure, but also the things that stretch me. And I think that that at this time of year is is, is often a really good place to start. And I also am quite visual. So I think sometimes we focus too much on what we don't like about ourselves and what we're dissatisfied with rather than, you know, if you can have an image of a, you know, a strong, image that means something for you. I've got some lovely pictures of places when I worked in Cumbria that gave me a real sense of calm and space. So if I'm having one of those days, you know, looking at a beautiful picture of Bass and Thwaite gets me in a really kind of happy place again. So I think it's that visualisation imagery that works for you, but also about balance in your life and that strength. What what makes you feel strong and healthy uh, rather than just feeling um, it's not good enough, I feel rubbish, you know, trying to get a, a much more positive focus. I love the idea of that mind map and that visualisation as I as we talk on this podcast, and I'm sorry you can't see this as you're listening, but you know, Catherine's got an amazing um, um, image of, of Liverpool behind. It's a beautiful watercolour from what I can see in the background and it's, it's, it's how, isn't it? It's having that visuals in front of you that kind of, whether it's your happy place, whether it's your, you know, happy person, your happy food your happy memory it's it's all those things isn't it it's anything that you can do to help you be you and 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 put your best foot forward if you like um I think it's really key and you know I think sometimes when we when women achieve success in traditionally male spaces sometimes we can struggle with that showing up as our authentic self um especially when culture has historically been different you know Uh, is this something that you've experienced and and how did you overcome it I, I think it's it's a really important question and one that we need to keep revisiting. I would say that there have been times in my career when I haven't felt able to be my authentic self, when the culture of the place that I've worked has, hasn't has encouraged that or there was a particular way of operating, you know. And, you know, I, I, I certainly when I look back to when I was working in the kind of mid to late, 2000 she was very much a culture of very long hours you know in early home late and that just doesn't work for me I can't do that five days I know physically I can't do it it's not good for my mental health I can I can work a lot but I need to do it when it works for me so what I found certainly in the last 10 years or so is that recognition of what flexible working works for me and to be overt about that you know I love I'm an early bird I get up early I like to do stuff in the morning I'm not a late night worker So I'll get up and I'll do emails before I leave the house and I'm happy to take a call, you know, before eight o'clock. But I I really want to do my working day 
between the hours of nine and five, my physical present working day in that time. If I have evening appointments, I'll always do them. But I'm very comfortable with talking about that. I have my diary open. Have a look at my diary. You see when you can, when I'm available, you know, come and talk to me in, in those times. I'm quite strict about my time in work. And I think that that is also important. And I talk about that a lot. I also talk a lot about the importance of balance in life in terms of both your personal and your professional life and that that's absolutely okay because there will be times when your personal life has to take precedence both for men and women and and for me it's a very inclusive conversation you know I'm very proud to be the first female um, chief executive at the combined authority but that isn't the thing that drives me inclusion is what drives me and, and I want to give the opportunity to everyone you know that I work with and that I that I come across as well because I I um I, f- I recognise the privilege that I have and I want to do all I can to support others to be the best they can be and help unlock opportunities. So I, I um, use my, you know, my um, the experiences that I have, but also that authentic self to describe how you can be successful and still have a family and still have a home and, you know, be well you know, and turn up every day, you know, all of those things and sustain that. Because I think, Simone, one of the things that I found most striking in my career is that when I started work in 1990, it was unusual to see female seniors, executives in any field, but also most people, men and women, were retiring when they were between 50 and 55. And we know that that isn't an option for, for many of us now. So if I'm going to keep working at a job like this well into my 60s, I've got to look after myself. So that it's it's my deal with myself. You know, if you're going to carry on with this kind of life and lifestyle, you have to take care of yourself. So I'm very verbal about that in sessions I do with my own teams across the organisation, with colleagues I meet and work with and with politicians that I work with as well. Because, you know, we all want to live long, healthy, happy lives. And we'll only do that if we can be authentically ourselves. Do you know what? All of that resonates with me. You know, you talk about inclusion, the openness of your or your diary, the balance. You know, we always see those pictures, don't we, of the, you know, the juggling everything, you know, kind of thing. And actually, you can't sometimes have it all if you, you know, if you, and the, as my nan would you know the burning the candle at both ends kind of thing it's it's impossible that self-care and I, I love that whole you talk about having that deal with yourself but I is this is this what I get from you Catherine is that that sense of openness and I think that's this this to me is what that sense of what great workplace culture should be um and is this something that you've you feel like that you've really fostered in the last couple of years you think that this is you know one of the great qualities of a workplace isn't it inclusively inclusivity and openness absolutely I think what I've recognized I think in my time of being a chief executive which is sort of since 2017 is the kind of real vital role you have in role modeling the kind of culture and expectations within an organization and the you know, I'm sure you're familiar with all of these concepts around the shadow of the leader and the way in which you operate, you know, resonates across the organisation. But there's also, you know, the more overt systems processes that need to change as well for culture to, to really shift. So that's very much been at the forefront of my offer as a chief executive to these both of these incredible organisations that I've worked with when I was at Cumbria and now I'm at the CA, you know, that I, I'll work really hard to create an environment where um, people can be their best. That's the kind of language that I use. And I work with, with, with people in lots of different and very diverse roles, you know, and it's about finding language that is meaningful to everybody and creating an environment which allows that is hugely important. But that's also as much about you know, the communications and the messaging and the visual way in which we describe, you know, how we would like this place to be. But also in our day-to-day interactions, 
you know, years ago, I'd never met the chief executive when, you know, when I started work. It took, I think it was 10 years that I worked at a council before I actually met the chief executive. So part of my office, I want to get out, meet frontline staff, sit next to them, hear what they do, meet the team who run the ferry, meet the people who service the the, um, Mersey tunnels. You know, that's as important to me to understand what their working lives are like as it is to spend time with colleague chief execs, you know, because I think if you can get that rounded view, one, it gives you loads of great insights as a leader into thinking, hmm, that's not quite how I thought it should be working. Let's, is there more we can do there? But also, oh, that doesn't sound great. Can we do something to help there? And also, is that big strategy making a difference on the ground? Because sometimes it is, and you get it played back in a really positive way. Other times, I think we've got to do, it's not working this, guys. We need to go back to the beginning and have another go. It's, it's not It's not having the impact we want. And this is something that you are very passionate about as well, isn't it? Being a collaborative leader. Um, and, you know, I think in, in experience, it's something historically women have found it easier to implement as opposed to that top-down leadership and that invisibility of the chief exec. Um, you know, that collaborative leadership, it's you know, this is a really powerful form of leadership, I think. I would agree. I, I think that the power of the collective can make such an incredible difference compared to the, the power of a single organisation. And I think the fear in some people's minds is that you're giving a lot away. Well, you, you're not, are you? You know, if you've got a clear understanding of your your values, the, your priorities, it's finding that common ground. And often I think it's the fear of the unknown that prevents people from getting into that collaborative space. But if you think about the complexity of the issues we face, Simone, every day, you can't have a single agency response. You know, we know so many of the children and young people that live across the city region are really struggling with their mental health post-COVID. Not one agency will will support that. It has to be a range of, of people that come together. And we all have a small part to play. Some agencies have huge, you know, but every one of us, you know, as a as an employer, as a friend, as a partner, you know, we will have opportunities to support young people as they go through those changes in their lives and as they come to terms with a very traumatic experience. It's not just a job for the NHS or education or social care. So the collaborative approach, I think, is really important. And also, I suppose because of the work I've done over the years in health and social care, we have a very clear insight into systems leadership and how we need to lead across as well as top down. So that's very much at the forefront of my mind in this job. The combined authority has some very clear devolved powers from government and grants that we pay out and processes that we lead on. But the the really significant power that the Metro Mayor has to convene conversations, you know, and supporting him in doing that and carrying that message out, you know, so things around, you know, inclusive leadership, around encouraging entrepreneurialism amongst women or black, Asian, minority, ethnic communities across the city region. You know, we can really facilitate those conversations where others might not. And I think that that, that collaboration and facilitation, really important dimension of leadership for me. And, and I think over the, the last few years, having navigated um COVID and, um, you know, sort of the, the the economic crisis and the cost of living crisis and everything else that, you know, it feels like we're constantly changing. One of the things I know we're very proud of, we we implemented um, sort of our micro-mentoring, which was basically harnessing the power of amazing individuals who want to do and give back and collaborate and do good and be really mindful of our young people who we were worried were, who felt that they were going to have a, be a lost generation. And so, you know, we're very proud that I think you talk about innovation, We've innovated these, we've created 25,000 of these conversations. You know, we've created 1.25 million pounds in social value, which I didn't understand previously, but now it's so powerful. 
you know, but this all comes from innovation, collaboration and innovation. Why is innovation? You know, well, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a loaded question, isn't it? But innovation is key, isn't it? And, and is this one of your top tips for navigating these changing times? I, I, it certainly is. I, I think one of the things I'm struck by and when you were speaking, it reminded me of something that I've, I've spoken about often over the years, which is around how do you lead in uncertain times? Because when I cast my eye back the last 20 years, we've always felt that these were the most uncertain times we were in. And actually, each year it's got more and more uncertain, hasn't it? You know, it's been an incredibly challenging period in, in our history. So I think our ability to innovate in times of uncertainty and when we're stretched, we often come up with the most creative ideas. It's about trying to create an environment where that can happen without feeling you're on the edge of a precipice every day. You know, um, I think it's, it's absolutely critical. And, and within that, I think if you've got, as, as, as you and your organisation have a really strong sense of purpose and your values and priorities, it's within that framework. What is it that we can do differently in order to have the impact that we want to and to stay fresh? And I think that's the other side of of, of innovation. You know, we need to keep stretching, don't we, both in terms of ourselves, but also in terms of our offer. And I think as service providers, continuing to kind of revisit what we do, why we do it, is this the right way? It might have worked in the past. Is it going to work in the next five, 10 years? They're really healthy conversations to have. And I think if you can come at those from a strength based about what's worked really well and how do we build on that rather than it's all failing and it's rubbish, I think that you can actually have a very sort of positive dynamic. I, I couldn't agree more. And this is, I love that whole, what a great way to end this podcast today was stay fresh. You know, I think it is staying fresh. I think we, we can be so guilty, can't we, of going, that's all wrong. You fix it. Whereas I'm totally with you on this whole. This is this is what we can do. This is what does work. Let's build on that. So thank you for joining me. Thank you for your well, I'm looking down here because we we take your sound bites, we take this insight today. We make it into like a cheat sheet because the way we always work on our podcast is we transcribe, we we write it up, we make it into sound bites. And obviously you you're listening to us here today and we do it to be more inclusive. Catherine, thank you so much for chatting with me here today. Oh Simone, it was such a pleasure. Great way to start the new year and a very best wish to everybody for 2023 and please do reflect please do collaborate and please do of course inject that self-care and most importantly be you it's always a pleasure here to hear and chat with amazing role models thank you for tuning in today if you love our episodes please do let us know by rating reviewing or send us an old school email podcast at northern power women or join us on socials at north power women on twitter or northern power women and all of our others please do join us next monday when i'll be joined by another wonderful wonderful role model from the northern power women community my name is simone roche and you've been listening to the northern power women podcast a what goes on media production oh, yeah.